When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, everyone. Happy Monday, November 6th. We're into the month of November now. It is championship chase season, but it's also drama season still as well. A lot uh, of unfolding things with Michigan's triple threat match with the rest of the Big Ten and the NCAA. We'll talk about that tonight. Uh, We will discuss it's also turning the page to Penn State week and Michigan basketball also gets going somewhat under the radar tomorrow as well. Uh, we'll discuss that, and of course, uh, pending how much time we have, we will take your questions at the end. So, fellas, I'll bring you in first, and I'm not going to ask who you are or how you are. I know who you are, but in terms of how you are, I know that you are sleep-deprived, de- you are stressed, and you are on the edge of your seat like the rest of us have been. Yeah, I'm trying to read these comments here and keep up. Guys, I'm tired, man. I am so tired of this. I just want to cover a team, like as Clay behind the sign. The sign behind Clay, uh, just cover the team, man. When the team is going through something like this, it makes it tougher. This is uh, worse than any coaching search I've ever covered, I'll, I'll tell you that. So, um, But it helps to have great sources on all sides of it, and I think we do. I think it's pretty obvious to a lot of people. Benjamin Gregg, Ballas, interesting to see all the accusations against Michigan of cheating from outlets that don't source the Wolverine for the breaking news uh, that they are, in fact, stealing from you guys. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? But we're kind of used to it. But the, the good news about it is that means that you're doing something right, you know, and we got a lot of people that trust us, and there's a reason that we are by far the largest Michigan pay site out there and that we've got a, a very loyal following on the Ford at the Wolverine.com, 99.9% of whom we love a ton. So uh, we're going to keep doing what we do, and I'll tell you this, um, it's going to be an interesting week. So especially with the news now, that we we got this morning that it appears that it is alleged that and Michigan supposedly has documents that teams were colluding against Michigan, sending guys out to steal signs or something to that effect, and then putting a spreadsheet together and then using them. And as a matter of fact, from uh, one thing that I picked up about some of the evidence they have is a an actual sheet of Michigan plays in their signs. Uh, that they <laughs> compiled from a spreadsheet. You can't make this stuff up, fellas. And uh, so, in other words, as Stuart Mandel said, who is certainly no no fan of Michigan, it appears from his past writings and postings. You know, so let me get this straight: the schools that were turning Michigan in for alleged sign stealing were all colluding against Michigan to steal their signs and give them to each other, which certainly. Uh, you would think, and the AP alleges violates the Big Ten sportsmanship agreement. So I'd feel a lot better if Tony Petiti weren't leaning on Jim Delaney here for help, uh, former Big Ten commissioner Jim Delaney, because Jim Delaney is no Michigan supporter. I can promise you that. And anybody at Michigan, if Bo Schembechler were here, we'd probably have him on this show to tell you what he thinks of Jim Delaney going back to 1989. So, But hopefully the truth comes out. And uh, no, we, in no way, shape, or form do we condone anything illegal. And if Michigan's doing it, we will be the first ones to tell you if there is proof. Uh, but we are asking, as Doug Karsh has said, our, our esteemed colleague, well, our colleague, um, who is also the, the uh, voice of Michigan football, he said, hey, Michigan. He's esteemed. 
Well, yeah. Anyway, uh, now I just lost my train of thought. Thanks, Clay. Uh, he said, hey, they just want the same treatment that the NCAA has given everybody else, right? Uh, which means, hey, three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh, and let's move on. Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, Clay. That was too long, wasn't it? I apologize. You got no, that was fantastic. I'm, I'm just messing around. No, I agree with, with about everything you said. And, and really, due process. I mean, is that too much to ask for in this country, especially when there's no evidence that the NCAA or Big Ten has that this is linked to Jim Harbaugh? So, yeah, you'd suspend him because he's the head coach and he's responsible for his program and, and them being compliant. But that's an NCAA rule. That would come at the end of the NCAA investigation. Um, right now, Michigan's fighting back on even you know how much, how many rules were really broken, or how many times bylaw eleven six one was broken. You know who is university personnel, who's not. Is Connor Stallion's mom a university personnel? Apparently, some of his family members were some of the people scouting. So there's so much to sift through. But one of them is the hypocrisy by these other Big Ten teams that were so outraged last week, um, who may have been you know, engaging in some nefarious acts themselves, which isn't overly surprising. Everyone's trying to get an edge. Clutch, yeah. the pearls. Clutch those pearls. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and here, here's the thing for me. If you're Tony Petiti, you already gave Michigan a notice of allegations, a notice of a potential punishment today. Then this stuff comes out a couple hours later. The precedent now is that immediately you pull these people off the field, you suspend them, you make it go to court. I mean, this could get really messy if you're Tony Petiti. I think he's running the risk of having a pretty short-lived tenure if this thing blows up in his face, um, which, you know, it, it seems like it might at this point. So it's uh, it's getting pretty messy. But from a Michigan standpoint, um, you know, I think you're pretty optimistic about how things could hold up in court and how, uh, you know, and how this could go down, at least in the short term, with, with the Big Ten specifically. But it's mm -hmm. it's really interesting yeah and speaking to our sources very close to it last night they said they are optimistic if they have to file an injunction somebody just said espn just sent on an alert saying the big 10 told michigan they may face disciplinary action that's not new news except that the notice of allegations that they got is and we said it'd be middle of the week when the big 10 says okay maybe this is going to be the result maybe it's going to be an indefinite suspension there was a report out there that the big 10 asked Michigan to suspend him for two games. That was not accurate. They wanted an indefinite suspension. They were not going to accept two games, according to our sources involved in this. So um, you know what? You, you do tell them no at that point. You say you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind to sit there and let a bunch of coaches who are now allegedly some of them, and we know who these people are, folks, uh, and it's not going to surprise anybody when the teams leak, uh, the alleged teams that were stealing Michigan signs. Um then you know what you, you, you want to talk about hypocrisy and that same group now is trying to get Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh suspended uh, or worse, you know, and, and really kind of take the shine off this season. Uh, I, that's when you just tell them to go to hell. And I think that's what Michigan is prepared to do. In fact, I know that's what Michigan is prepared to do, barring some kind of evidence that comes in here that shows something nefarious was going on, but there's nothing linking Jim Harbaugh to this right now. Uh, they are just saying that he needs to know what goes on in his program. And, and that part, frankly, I agree with, but until the evidence is out there, fellas, uh, no, no deal. No deal. Indeed. Uh, I'll get in with my thoughts on that here in a second, but want to make sure we give some shine here to our pal, Susie Surma, uh, the presenting sponsor of this week's Monday night podcast here on the Wolverine uh, is now the time you should sell. The market is definitely hot for sellers. The key is having the right agent list your home to maximize your potential earnings 
And having the right realtor can change the outcome substantially. It's extremely important to have someone who will give you honest advice and provide you a marketing strategy. And Susie Serma is the local expert that can be that person that does that for you. We all have questions like, are you ready to make the move? Contact Susie about that. Uh, she will answer all those questions on uh, preparing your home for the market. Is my home ready to list? A great realtor can be the difference maker in situations like that. So Susie Serma's listing evaluation includes a marketing, a marketing strategy plan. So contact her today and book her an appointment with Susie Serma. You can contact Susie over at 248-767-5633 or email her at Susie at modusre.com. That's S-U-S-I-E at M-O-T-U-S-R-E dot com. So thank you so much to Susie Serma for the continued support of the Wolverine. Uh, we will go first to, before I chime in, the super chat here from GoBlue982, Go who says for $5, if the Big Ten, sorry, there we go. There we go. It's there. Uh, if the Big Ten and NCA punish U of M before the investigation ends, will U of M smash Pandora's box and expose schools they know do the same thing and then ditch the conference? Hmm. You know, that's an interesting question. Um, one source told me, you know, this has the potential to damage the Michigan the Michigan Big Ten relationship um, beyond repair. Now, they stopped short of saying, yeah, we're going to leave the conference or something. But have you seen have you guys ever seen any other conference treat one of its members this way, especially one of its you know members that is it's cash cow. And there's a reason that Fox was involved in the negotiations yesterday, fellas. Do you think Fox wants to have Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines for this Michigan-Ohio State game or the Michigan-Penn State game on Saturday. They want Michigan – they want those ratings and the money that comes with it when Michigan faces Ryan Day and Ohio State. And you know what? Maybe there's a cage match before the game or something like that. And uh, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen there. But I want to see it. I can't wait to see it. Can you imagine how many people in the country would tune in to see it and, uh, and the potential carnage there, whatever it may be? So uh, there's that. Um, as far as will they smash Pandora's box, they've already begun that. I, I think uh, they've, they've said enough is enough. And, and again, not condoning, uh, you know, the alleged Connor Stallions stuff and the sign stealing and everything. But uh, going back to 2019, Michigan was convinced that people had their signs and that they were getting them uh, illegally. And they were putting up banners and behind their bench because they knew and they were told some people were told that they had people videotaping their sidelines and they're like, okay, you know, maybe that explains why some teams are putting up record points on us and record numbers of yardage on us on pretty good defensive football teams. And uh, you know what, we've got to take steps here to, to prevent that. So as we reported today too, um, Ryan Walters, one of the biggest yappers about this whole thing, Purdue head coach was on the sidelines last year for Illinois. And we talked to one of his staffers yesterday who told us that, yeah, he was down there with him. They knew Michigan's signs. He said they were not obtained illegally, but he said they knew Michigan's signs, and they were telling Ryan what Michigan was going to run. So guess what Michigan did, guys? They went to wristbands because, you know what, when they figured it out, they said, okay, uh, you know what, good on you. We're going to go to our wristbands now, and uh, maybe it's not a coincidence that Illinois played Michigan extremely tough. So, uh, And who's to say those signs weren't obtained illegally? We don't know. But this has opened Pandora's box already, in my opinion, in that you are going to have so many teams coming after each other now. Uh, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. There will be no secrets. We know that Michigan Michigan boosters, high-powered boosters, are starting their own private investigations now. Where does it end? And I go back to what 
they, uh, Tim Watts, uh, my esteemed colleague down at Alabama, said when we were talking about this, he said, you know what? It reminds me of Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama. Guys are snitching on each other left and right. They all end up on probation. And a, a week or, or a year or two later, they say, what the hell are we doing? We need to have an agreement here and just man up and, and suck it up and, and not rat each other out. Yeah, and I, I was going to refer to the piece you wrote on that yesterday because I thought you put it perfectly and you could kind of call it peace through strength, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we have this this information or whatever. You hope you never have to use it. And, and you compared it to nuclear weapons with some of these big countries where it's like you never want to use it. Right. But, hey, we, we kind of have this ammo if we need it. And then I think Anthony will appreciate this. But it also reminds me, too, of um, Tom Wansgans from Succession saying, information, Greg. It's like a bottle of fine wine. You store it, you hoard it, you save it for a special occasion, and then you smash someone's effing face in with it. Um, it. That's kind of the Pandora's box that we're talking about here, where we've heard for years that Michigan, and I'm sure this happens at, at most schools around the country, but something happens on the recruiting trail, a mom or dad tells you something about what another school did, that sort of thing. You're kind of bottling this stuff up. And now if the precedent, we talked about last week, the dangerous precedent that could be set by a lot of this going on, PI firms investigating other schools, and now with Tony Petiti potentially taking immediate action, this is the dangerous part, right? And it might not be dangerous. You know, it, it might be dangerous now for Ohio State or Purdue or Illinois or, you know, just throwing schools names out there. Um, and that's where it gets really, really interesting. So I think Michigan's got its bottle of fine wine, you know, from what we've heard. Yeah, we got an idiotic comment up here. I just want to get to why did Connor get fired? If y'all are innocent, two he things, didn't. Connor did not get fired. He uh, resigned and then he came out with a statement saying that he acted alone. And we aren't even talking about that. And as we've said, Ed Rogers, uh, we are what they are asking for is due process. And if they are guilty and if there is evidence of it, I will be the first one here to say, you know what? Uh, this is not okay. The way I was during the fab five scandal with Ed Martin, uh, where you're like, okay, this, uh, Michigan needs to take their lumps and you know what, take the banners down do whatever you need to, because there's no place for that in sports. I will say the same thing, Mr. Rogers, if, uh, if anything is proven here, uh, that, that really is, is corrupt. So we'll see what happens. I mean, can we, the, the pearl clutching needs to stop. I mean, first yeah. and foremost, everyone's cheating their ass off in college football, um, including Michigan. I mean, it happens everywhere. To what extent and to how serious it is, that's a totally different discussion. But I have a few questions about what what came out from the AP today and what we think is going to continue to come out in terms of maybe more of the deeper dive and the minutia of this thing. But coaches – the idea that there was a, a one drive or a Google sheet or a drive for everyone to, and I'm not, like, that's the implication here that big 10 coaches are kind of throwing stuff in together as like a collaboration, like it's a, you know, a middle school science project. How is that not considered, you know, elite, you know, advanced scouting, you know, I know coaches, coaches, uh, they share stuff with each other all the time. Like that's, you know, you cross paths with guys, you, you do a guy a favor here, do a guy a favor there. But, you know, if we're talking about, I mean, that if, if what is coming out right now as what it seems to be, you know, alleging, it does kind of feel like uh, I'm not going the full witch hunt word yet. But, I mean, that's collusion, right? You have an entire league or at least a portion of the league conspiring together to try and, you know, gain an advantage against them. And, again, it doesn't exonerate Michigan. I think – we've all been forthright with saying 
they're going to eat some kind of punishment for this. It's just we don't know what they're guilty of yet and how serious it'll be. So, yeah. I mean, these are two separate issues, but they're two pretty big issues because you have, you know, two sides of the conference. And really, I, mean, I won't even say two sides. You have Michigan and everyone else kind of working to undermine the authority of the conference, uh, the investigative, you know, the investigation process. It's uh, this is this could get very ugly. Yeah. And the, the crazy part about this, you go back to the Yahoo article initially. Dan Wetzel, by the way, is the best in the business, and he's taking a measured approach on this. He's one in the national media that isn't a mouthpiece for one side. Uh, for example, like some some reporters we know are getting spoon fed, uh, maybe from a Michigan rival. I don't think it's any secret. and I don't think anybody would even deny it, frankly. So but when they said, well, Big Ten programs have known about this for a while now. And, okay, if you've known about it for a while, then where's the advantage? And, number one, maybe you should have done what TCU did and create some dummy signals, you know, which Michigan has done in the past against some of its rivals who they thought had stolen their signs. Um, and, number two, uh, you're sitting there talking about how it's a 20-point advantage if, if you know signals and our kids are going to get hurt, you know, if they're running somewhere and they know where they're running, they might get hurt. You know what? No, Michigan State, that is not why your kids might get hurt. Your kids might get hurt because they aren't worthy of division one scholarships in many, many occasions, and they shouldn't be on the field anyway. So uh, that's ridiculous. Let's stop with the bullshit. Okay. And let's just be honest here about what this is. You've got everybody looking for an advantage, uh, sign stealing, whatever. Uh, Michigan wandered into some very gray areas, you know, to quote Fletch, uh, how, how gray, maybe charcoal, you know, but what are the bylaws? What are the laws broken? And if they went to court, and it sounds like they are going to go to court to get an injunction for Jim Harbaugh to be able to coach. But if they were to battle the NCAA and, and ask them, what laws did we break? What, you know, what, what rules did we break? Um, you know what? Uh, what would the NCAA have to, have to say about that? And uh, yeah, it looks terrible. And, and should they have done it? No. But uh, if Michigan were to battle in court, and it seems to me that they are prepared to go all the way with this thing if there's no more information leaking. And uh, what my colleague Andy Staples said was, hey, I said, it looks like Michigan's given the middle finger of the NCAA, uh, kind of like North Carolina, kind of like Kansas. And he said, you know what? When you do that, uh, the NCAA usually backs down. So maybe Michigan goes in a direction that we haven't seen before. And like I wrote a couple of days ago, guys, this isn't your father's Michigan. Thank you, Santa Ono, for, ono for not uh, bending over and taking the smack on the ass. Yeah, I mean, could Can you imagine what this would have been like with Mark Schlissel no. at the helm? I mean, Jim Harbaugh would be maybe in jail or something at this point. Um, you know, Mark Schlissel would – he probably would be – I don't know if he'd be gone, but but they would take this Big Ten punishment right on the chin. Um, so, yeah, Santa Ono and, and fantastic reporting as well by you, Chris, on Saturday. I mean, other outlets were seven, eight hours behind obtaining Santa Ono's email to the Big Ten commissioner before – Friday's meeting, uh, but it basically framed, you know, Michigan's entire stance on this. And it's a, it's a really strong stance. It's a really, it's a stance that you can tell he has advised um, there have been advised on with many, many lawyers um, as well. And I think it set up a lot of the language in that Michigan's case too, if it does have to go to court, which is obviously, as we talked about, very strong. I think we got another super chat. Uh, did we get one? thought something popped up. Never mind. We had the 499 from Cameron Stokes who said, I cannot imagine, uh, as I get blocked oh, out of the screen, okay. like the Fig Newton sticker, uh, I can't imagine what would happen if we still had the old president so happy for Santa Ono. So going back to, to what you guys were saying. So, yeah, um, that's 
I guess the pro of having a, a school president that has a vested interest in college sports, which at the University of Michigan should be a no-brainer. It's one of your biggest cash cows, is that you don't have to treat this like academia. Like it's not as cut and dry as what you know academics and grades and things like that are. Um, there are a lot of gray areas here. And like we said, I mean, the interesting thing to me is going to be this, fellas, and then maybe we pivot to the Penn State stuff after this is – you know, with everything out there against Michigan right now, which again, the the allegations are what they are, but the fact that it all kind of seemed coordinated and ready to come out, uh, it does to me, I guess, lend a little credence to this conference or, or someone, a power broker in this conference trying to, to throw this narrative out there. But I'm curious if the Big Ten's ready to impose a punishment based on simply what schools are saying and what media reports are saying what's is that where this goes now where you have schools accused of of maybe colluding against michigan and and well it's just in the media i mean you don't it's out there why investigate it so i think that that does really create an interesting twist in this whole ordeal as to how seriously the big 10 wants to continue to go after this yeah, it, it already, uh, you know what, there are so many questions that uh, that I have about the relationship with Michigan and the Big Ten. And and a lot of them start with, you know, who's advising Tony Petiti? And if is it Jim Delaney? And what the hell is Jim Delaney doing here? You know, uh, I really don't know. Uh, you know what? It's time. It's time to go away, Jim. You know what? Uh, you know you had your you had your fifteen minutes here or whatever it was or fifteen years if you want to go that far. But uh, to me, it's like I, I can't I can't fathom uh, the SEC doing this to Alabama. I can't fathom uh, you know if the, the old Pac-12 doing this to to one of its members, and it just it blows my mind. Uh, and it's not like they are asking for mercy; they are asking for due process, which is commonsensical to me. So. Um, I don't get it. And I think he's miscalculating here. Uh, I know there are some brilliant people at Michigan. I've spoken to a lot of them uh, during this ordeal. And uh, I feel like they're in very good hands going forward, starting with Santa Ono, you know, right down to a, a lot of members of the Board of Regents that were 7 0 uh, to continue with Jim Harbaugh's contract and contract extension. Now we'll see where that goes. Uh, and speaking to somebody about that today, they said, Okay, one thing at a time here, right? We got to get the injunction first, probably, and then we'll go from there. But uh, and again, all of this, fellas, assumes that there's not more dirt on Jim Harbaugh or something linking him directly. Uh, we don't know. We don't, you know, people don't think so. Uh, but you know, what else is out there uh, that a private investigator firm has dug up on Michigan? Uh, I'm telling you, if you got a PI firm and went to any major college football program in the country, some more than others, they're gonna they're gonna find out where the bodies are buried, which is why. I, it just feels like a, a basket of snakes, as my dad said, has been open here. And, you know, this thing is just beginning and it's going to be ugly. Yeah. And just to go off of what you said, AB as well, it sounds like, I mean, that David Schuster, who's on Twitter, reported that Michigan is basically already presenting a lot of this to the Big Ten. So I think Michigan is well aware and has a lot of the details, that fine wine that we were talking about earlier. So I don't know if it is just media reports either. I think it's more serious than that if you're some of these other schools involved and Petiti has set that precedent that you get punished right away right if someone's mad enough if they're angry enough and they get on a zoom call and yell at their computer screen enough yeah then that we do it every monday night yeah Yeah, exactly but that that could elicit some sort of punishment um so that that's where it gets really really interesting i think and um 
you know, if that's the if that's the game they want to play, it's it's good to see from a just a perspective of you know history of Michigan laying down in situations like this that Michigan's willing to kind of play that game back and say, hey, we're not going to roll over here. And there's four ninety nine super chat from Cameron Stokes. It says Dan Wetzel, Colin Coward, Joel Klatt, and Brady Quinn have been the only fair people in the media. Joel Klatt had a great take earlier on his pod. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. I haven't heard it, but Joel has been level headed with this. Dan Wetzel, as Chris has said, has been, I think, the most even keel and objective national reporter when it comes to this. And uh, again, I don't know what I'm not as familiar with what the other guys have said, but um, it, it, we'll see if we'll see if everyone else comes around because we know uh, the the national media tends to be like uh, you know sort of blow with the wind. So if there's more smoke that comes out with the story that came out today, then I'm sure that they'll all start to want their pound of flesh there as well. So. And do you think ESPN is going to go out of its way to protect Michigan when they are hundred uh, percent in bed with the sec now? Absolutely not. And some of the ESPN guys that initially came out and said, well, Jim Harbaugh, this, and then Pete Feinbaum, I would never should have given him the benefit of the doubt, you know, oh, nothing's changed there, Pete. So, um, <laughs> nothing's changed at all. So uh, that's what bothers me. And I got a phone call actually from one of our subscribers who I know and who I've interacted with in the past who had lunch with somebody at an unnamed network who uh, is a play-by-play guy for this network. And he said, these guys at our network are being told what to say. He said, they can't have their own opinions. They are told to read the card in front of them and keep their mouths shut and be good soldiers and basically parrot what we tell them to parrot. Would that surprise anybody? It was interesting listening to Reese Davis today or, or reading his comment. Nobody's out to get Jim Harbaugh. Does anybody really believe that, that nobody is out to get Jim Harbaugh? Uh, come on, man. You, this is a guy that who was railing for revenue sharing for players and trying to take money out of the NCAA's pockets. And then the NCAA comes back in unprecedented fashion and says, about previous allegations. This is not just about a cheeseburger and blah, 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 violating their own bylaws, allegedly. So this is like nothing we've ever seen before. So don't don't, don't sit there and tell us nobody's out to get Jim Harbaugh. I think it's pretty damn clear that there are several out to get Jim Harbaugh. And maybe it starts with this group of coaches who allegedly were colluding to steal Michigan signs and then turn Michigan in for stealing theirs. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty clear there are people out. It's not just the NCAA, but these Big Ten, you know, I keep calling them competitors because that's what it is. They they would gain by Michigan failing here or Michigan getting punished here as well. And I think Colin Cowherd put it really well. I, I agree with Cameron Stokes there that he's one of the guys who's been spot on about this. He said, well, a couple things. One, if it was Purdue or Illinois, nobody would care. Uh, I think Dan Wetzel said as well, if it was Illinois, everyone would just be laughing right now. Yeah. Um, and three, it, it's about what Colin Cowherd said is it's about fear right now because they can't beat them. So now it's it's not only a bigger story, but it's, you know, they're getting involved in, in demanding punishment and, and all this stuff. I have a super chat here from our pal Mark in Michigan uh, for $20. Well, big one tonight. He says, I've seen your reports on Twitter, Ballas, tip of the cap to you, sir. You are cl- clearly working your butt off. Have a drink on me. Beat PSU. So thank you. Yeah, well, Mr. Chris Ballas' help- flowers. No, it's great. And Twitter, I don't, I ignore Twitter. Somebody else in the comments said, boy, you guys are taking a lot of heat on social media. I don't give two shits what people are saying on social media. As Dave Chappelle said, Twitter ain't a real place anyway, right? And uh, it's like, uh, that's exactly what I feel. People are crazy. We had somebody make up a quote from me today that 
that said the bomb is going to drop on OSU and maybe it's them that's not going to be able to finish the season. And they put my avatar from our message board on it. And I never said that. I never hinted to it. Uh, you can make up whatever the hell you want to and put it on Twitter like some idiot Michigan State writer did, uh, what, several months ago. Um, that was, frankly, uh, libel, slanderous, and is lucky he didn't get sued. So don't give a damn. Uh, we are just going to continue to do our job and report to the best of our ability. We have had never had better sources on a story than we do in this one. Uh, and thankfully, we've got a lot of people in our corner at the Wolverine.com guys that have been there for 20 years. Mark's been one of them. And we appreciate you buddy um, that, you know what have gone to bat for us. And, and that's what we're going to continue to do. So I do want to, by the way, uh, somebody brought up um, uh, something about something else here. Hold on. Something uh, about something else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll I'll call it. a spade a spade and just say you're doing a great job. Yeah. Well, thank you. But regardless, uh, thank you very much for the, uh, for that. And we're just doing our jobs here. Yeah, thanks, Mark. We'll leave it up here for a bit as it is a, a heftier donation. So appreciate you, Mark, having that. Yeah, uh, having Chris is back for sure because I mean he's taking a lot of daggers. We are, but I don't care. I mean, I I tweet and get out these days. It's just not worth it. Um, I don't. I don't. One thing, the last point I'll make about all of this, uh, and and Reese Davis, who. Uh, Oddly enough, uh, we know that ESPN's watching this show because a clip from last Monday night's show got pulled. It was on College Game Day. Uh, it was of me opening last week's show that said, uh, "After all the, you know, with all the bluster behind us, now it's back to football." Which played right after Reese Davis was talking and act like uh, Jim Harbaugh just killed his Nona. So <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, it was the any other thought like on this. I'm sorry. The update on Jim's contract, Trey, I just, I'm sorry. I just got back to it. I didn't want to forget. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, like no, we said, and speaking to somebody the other day, they said one thing at a time, let's get through the injunction first and then see where this goes. And then we will go to Jim's contract. Uh, yeah. Well, they're rolling in now. Uh, mm -hmm. Cameron Stokes, we're just going to keep rolling with it, folks. Uh, Cameron Stokes for nine 99 says, how ironic is it that Michigan will rush to have a punishment done, or the big 10 will rush to have a punishment done. Them rushing this will only hurt their case against us. Imagine that. If you wait, you can gather more evidence. Big Ten is stupid. It's a great point. Tough to argue that. Right. Exactly. Especially if if it's something that ultimately you know causes someone to lose their job prematurely, then you're talking about wrongful termination. Yeah. You're opening yourself to you know up to a lot of a lot of things, including uh, since it's the word of the night, slander and libel and things of that sort as well. So, yeah, it, I agree, Cameron. Yeah, well, why I mean, would you want to do it without evidence? right? Yeah, well, that's that's what it's a great question, Clay. It's like, okay, um, yeah, this went this thing went from the story went from eighty five to ninety percent of guys are stealing signs. Some are doing it illegally. Oh ho ho! It's you know whatever. At two, yeah, okay, Michigan's doing it more extensively than others, and so now everybody's losing by twenty or thirty points because of it. Um, you've gone from you know one thing to an unbelievable extreme where okay, we know for a fact that three three programs got their asses kicked despite not having Michigan, not having their signs. Ohio state last year, their coaches admitted, no, we, we changed our signs. Michigan went in there and beat them by 23 on their home field and 28 to three in the second half. Should have been worse. Should have been worse. Pity uh, whistle. Scoop and score. Pity yep. whistle. Michigan state 49 to nothing could have been 77 to nothing. Right. Um, oh, but we had to go to the sidelines to get the calls. So that changed up everything. It didn't change a damn thing. You're just lucky you didn't get beat by 77 points because Jim Harbaugh was kind. And then Purdue, 41 to 13. 
right? Um, you know what? And then you get the, the the flyby handshake from Ryan Walters, who allegedly had Michigan signals last year when he was Walty. the defensive coordinator at uh, at Illinois. So just shut up, guys, and play football here, and let's not make this a bigger deal than it is. Well, Matt, do you see Matt Rule's comments today? Oh, well? 38. What was it? 38? They gave him 38 points or something like that? I don't know what he said. He said um, – he said that they got screwed by the refs in two games, which I agree on the the touchdown catch by Michigan State. And he said, and we had one game where the opponent was scouting us. Yeah, it's like, well, Ooh. I think you, I don't know if you would have won that one, Matt. I'm sorry. No, but. no, you guys just suck. You lost to Michigan. That State. game was 14-0 before uh, little Johnny even had his popcorn and was in his seat yet. They just so lost. It. They, they just they just lost to Michigan State. Okay, come on. That says it all. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's go to this one from Jordan Radcliffe for $10. He says, I cannot wait for the Wolverines to quiet the crowd in Happy Valley, baby. God bless you all, and thank you for all the work that you do. I'd love to talk a little Penn State uh, mm-hmm. today. I, you know, Certainly there wasn't, again, uh, not a ton of it in the Monday press conference, but, again, it is it is a big game week. Ric Flair was in the building today. Talk about a – you know, you're already kind of – your head spinning by everything that's going on aside from the the on-field product at the moment and you're kind of you know from my you know from your perspective as a media member walking in the building you're you're checking your phone you're rushing in and out of the corner of your eye you see rick flair leaving Beckler hall on monday it's one of those the nature fever, it's it's some it's like a multiverse thing it's just not nothing makes sense uh, and everything is out of control but uh fellas penn state uh just put up 51 points against maryland over the weekend which obvious uh we know what november maryland looks like they're not about that life they've never been about that life but uh penn state and michigan both coming off huge wins sets up the biggest game of the season by far to this point and quite frankly since we're talking about the big 10 and punishment involved big 10 probably quietly hoping that penn state does some dirty work for them this weekend yeah, I would think so. And uh, boy, Maryland's terrible, guys. Uh, they did do this all the time, right? They down, down the stretch, everybody talks about how talented they are. And then they roll over when it really matters and decide not to show up. I think this might be the best thing to happen to Michigan is that Penn State goes in there and they roll, right? Uh, and look better than maybe look better than they are against a crappy team. And now everybody's going to be on the, on the bandwagon. They certainly have Michigan's attention. So um, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens in terms of this game but I and how Michigan comes out. I think Michigan has an advantage in, in a lot of areas here, fellas. But if they can't run the ball, uh, you know what? That could be make it a little bit tougher. So it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what happens here. Yeah, a couple things on that, including the run game too. I think Penn State has had part of Michigan's attention for a while now, including, uh, you know, coming out of the bye week the week before. And I think that can help you know, Michigan as well. Penn State already had to play Ohio State, but Michigan kind of knew that this game was that first red letter game other than Michigan State, I guess. Um, you know, on the schedule, the, the first time you're really going to be tested. Um, and, you know, I think that can play into their advantage. Running the football, obviously, you wanted to see a lot more out of Michigan coming out of the bye, going into November, going into these big games that they're going to be able to do that. I, th- I thought rewatching the game as well and coming out of Saturday night, they kept things pretty vanilla uh, in the run game as well. I mean, J.J. McCarthy even carrying out fakes didn't even seem like much of a factor. I think that played into it um, as well, and I think they were probably holding a lot back. They only ran four play-action passes, according to PFF. Uh, so I think they, and they did some creative things early on in the game, and I feel like they kind of dialed it back a little bit. 
um, as Jim Harbaugh is kind of known to do, saving stuff for some of those bigger games. But I, I, I won't say I'm not concerned about about the Michigan run game as a whole. I think the offensive line just, you know, not to compare them to last year, but you know, you kind of you kind of can compare them to last year, and they don't get enough movement or as much movement. Um, you know, they're not getting to the second level uh, as well, and there's just not as much room for Blake Corum. I know he may not be as explosive as he was a year ago, but there's just not as much room or enough room for him. And you could tell he was frustrated with that on Saturday night after a couple of plays, kind of telling these guys, all right, let's need to get a block here. Give me some room to run. Um, so I, I think Michigan didn't play its A game on Saturday. Like you said, Chris, Penn State coming in with some momentum off of, a, a you know blowout win over a pretty bad team at this point, a team that allowed 33 to Northwestern the week before. So games are different. Each week's different. Um, and, you know, I, I think Michigan is, is positioned pretty well here because you hear, you know, talking to these guys, I asked Chris Jenkins last week as well, you know, how much did you kind of look at Penn State during the bye? And he's like, oh, yeah, we, we got a good chance to do that. Um, so I think that the, they're going to be ready and that maybe they did some advanced scouting, as you would say. Yeah, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun game, guys. The season really starts Saturday, right? Uh, the you know everybody hates us using the word tomato cans, but God, has there ever been a worse schedule for the first Traffic nine cones. games of the year? Traffic cones, as as Anthony would like to say. So, um, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a great atmosphere, and it's going to finally feel like that big game atmosphere. Really, it's a two-game season, guys, with Maryland as, as bad as they have been. This is a two-game season with Penn State and Ohio State, and that's going to determine who the Big Ten champion is. I think that everyone should be ruled ineligible for the Big Ten championship and just send to Iowa just for science. <laughs> so that playoff. So, uh, yeah, you know, we'll do the – I'll start doing the deep dive on Penn State here in the next few days. I mean, the one thing I'll say, I mean, you look across – both rosters and the talent that that each team has. I think in the trenches, it's pretty equal, probably on both sides of the ball, both elite defenses, um, you know, both extremely talented quarterbacks, though Drew Aller struggled uh, at times this year. I don't think that they quite have the firepower at wide receiver and at the pass catching uh, type guys like Michigan does with, you know, obviously both tight ends, Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, Tyler Moore, Samaj Morgan is starting to emerge. And maybe that's a guy we start talking about as an X factor down the stretch here. I mean, he doesn't look like a freshman anymore, but you know, all things being held equal. I think the Vegas line right now is around four and a half or five. I think that's probably that, that feels right to me. Um, but again, if you put everything up against each other and you look to the margins where someone has an advantage, it's not even a margin. I think Michigan has a major advantage in this game, given who it has at quarterback. Yeah, that he's the difference, right? And I, I don't think there's any question that J.J. McCarthy is going to be the difference if Michigan wins on Saturday. Now, maybe they get the run game going. I asked Jim Harbaugh about that today, and I said, is it, you know what, what's the, what's the next level that these guys have? Is there another level that these guys have? And he said, well, you know, teams are trying to take it away, live by the sword, die by the sword. But it's very clear that they aren't as good as they have been, fellas, in terms of getting to the second level. It's not everybody stacking the box. They just aren't getting the job done. Some guys aren't breaking tackles like they were. Donovan Edwards is not picking up his feet when he's running and uh, needs to do a little better job of that. He should have had a touchdown last game. The guy got him by the by the ankle. You know what? You can't. That can't happen. So um, we'll see if it gets a little better. But if not, I trust J.J. McCarthy to win games for these guys, and he has. It's funny. We looked at his game when we said he was off on Saturday night and completed 65% of his passes for 335 yards. But And they can use him more in the running game, too. And I think they probably will going forward. So 
it's going to be fascinating to see how much they use him in games like that. I got to keep him clean, fellas, uh, to to reach your goals this year. But uh, and hopefully none of this distracts them, right? Because it is, um, it's it's you know what it's wearing on guys in the building and from people that I've spoken with. They're like, okay, we're tired of hearing about this crap. Let's just go out and play football. Yeah, definitely. They gotta they gotta be able to channel it as well. <clears throat> JJ McCarthy said, you know, they're they're doing both. They're blocking it out and they're using it as motivation. But I agree with, with the, how they're gonna use him in the run game. I, I think they're gonna use him quite a bit. Um, and you know, we kind of saw that at bits and pieces, the Minnesota game, the Rutgers game. And JJ even said after the Rutgers game that yeah, they've talked about how they're gonna use it, you know, when they need to and kind of hold it back when they don't because of how important it is to keep him clean keep him on the field keep him not taking as many hits and we've taken it we've seen him you know take a few shots this year but relatively uh relatively speaking um you know he's he's as healthy as he could be basically at at this point in the year with having sat so many of those fourth quarters but i mean the difference i think is is the quarterback play in this game and specifically when you look at third downs and how much drew aller struggled to pick up third downs when they had their big test of the year against ohio state and how good J.J. McCarthy's been on third down this year, uh, particularly third and long. You know, when the run game's not going, they averaged 7.1 yards to go on third down on Saturday. They went 7 of 14, which is still good for, for third down conversion rate. Uh, but J.J. McCarthy, Roman Wilson, big reasons for that. Uh, and I think that's where you, you see Michigan have potentially an edge. At the same time, this is the best defense by far they're going to face. So they've got to be on point, and he probably can't miss on a few of those throws that he did on Saturday. But really, we've watched J.J. for, what, over 30 games as a Michigan Wolverine? I don't expect him to, uh, to miss on some of those. And if he does, he's proven, too, that, that he can come back and make the next throw, which we also saw Saturday, which is, yep. which is great. He's just so experienced and so good at this point. Um, it's just been so much fun to watch him blossom with this offense. Yeah, I want to address something here that just came up. The NCAA notified the Big Ten that there are no known connections between the PI and Ryan Day or his family. Okay, two things here. Michigan, I think, would beg to differ. In fact, I know they would beg to differ, and they have documentation they have told us and others that they think can prove it. Uh, they are trying to work to put the dots, to put the dots together. Uh, no known connections. I think known is a big deal here. Yeah. Okay, two things on that. Number one, okay, then let's hear who the PIs are, right, and and see who they are, and then everybody can determine for themselves if there are connections because if it's the two names that we have heard and that are making the rounds in Ohio and that everybody knows, they absolutely do have connections. So release them. There's nothing to nothing to lose, right? Let's let's find out who they are, and uh, and see what who who started it and what the connections are. So. Um, and there are, I can promise you this, there are people trying to put those pieces together as we speak. Um, you know what? You talk about private investigators. Michigan has powerful boosters of its own with ties everywhere uh, that can get to the bottom of things as well. So um, there are no known connections. So are we going to assume that the NCAA invested, investigated that or are they just saying, well, uh, boy, I don't see anything. Do you see anything? Or do you think they really did their diligence and looked into it? I would I would highly doubt that. So we are not going to say that uh, that there are no no connections. Uh, maybe there are no known connections. And we'd probably agree with that right now because the dots have not been connected. The term no known connections uh, right. is doing a lot of lifting here. And then exactly. also with the Big Ten investigation into Jim Harbaugh, too. Like so right. they want to punish for that. But then for this other thing, uh, right. well, we don't really know. So, again, it's yep. just, it's a mess. Uh, I'll keep. This whole show has kind of come and become a, a quasi Q and A, so I'll just keep going yeah. with the the super chats here. I have a lot to clean up. 
Uh, Chris, you got something? Yeah, I, and and also the first uh, the first um, word in that is sources. Sources say the NCAA says Ryan Day has no known ties. So you're going off uh, sources here that are unnamed and no known sources. So let's see it play out. You know what? Let's watch the evidence play out. I'm more than willing to give him the benefit of the doubt there, and uh, and say that it wasn't him if it comes out and, and is proven that that way. So let's find out who they are. No, case closed, though. There's no. No, no such thing as due process anymore. Nope. It's over. Let's no no connections. Yep. Uh, I'll say uh, whoever's putting the docuseries together, I will make myself available to be interviewed. I just want to put that out there as well. Uh, $5 super chat from GoBlue982 says, I feel like Michigan did not receive the Pope's blessing from the NCAA. And now this is their punishment at being a threat at football. He later goes on to say in another comment, Michigan beats Penn State 38-14. <laughs> PSU sucks. Wow. So, uh, I, think they're gonna hard, they're gonna, I think they have a hard time putting up 38 on this defense, especially in that environment. But you got a group of guys here, fellas, that are not that have a lot of experience in hostile stadiums, right? So it's going to be fascinating to see how they come out and play there. Uh, I don't think they're going to be phased, as Jim Harbaugh said last year. So, uh, But I don't know that a one-dimensional team is going to put up 38 points on these guys. They're going to have to be able to run the ball. I don't have the confidence right now on the running game that they're going to be able to do that. I would see something like a 20-something to uh, maybe a 24-17 game if Michigan were to win, which I think I would probably predict. Uh, I think they can uh, – I don't know that it's over, you know, super one-dimensional. I, I think Saturday was a little bit or, or pretty concerning. Um, they've run the ball, you know, well at times throughout the year. And, it, and, look, I mean, last year going into that game, remember everyone was talking about how nobody could run against Penn State. Uh, Michigan obviously had a better rushing attack, but Michigan clearly had an edge in that game and and was able to open up some massive holes. And Blake Gorham and Donovan Edwards both had fantastic games. They put up 41 on a defense that didn't really allow much all year last year. So I guess you never know how a game's going to go. I would tend to agree with you, Chris. It's going to be more grinded out, low-scoring type of game, similar maybe to last time they were there, except Michigan has a better offense this time around. Um, so it's – in Penn State's better than they were in 2021 as well. So it'll be maybe a higher level, um, relatively speaking, uh, but but similar in the, uh, in the game flow, I think. And – uh, again, you got to trust that, that you got the better quarterback, which I think helps you in, in a one possession type of game. Would agree with all that, fellas. Uh, move to this 999 super chat from Zach Shandell, who says, Your reporting has been incredible through all this. You guys are working really hard, and we, the fans, appreciate it. Looking ahead, any word on Josh Wallace? What about other injuries? Yeah, uh, Josh Wallace has a soft tissue injury, and I would think that Michigan will probably list him as questionable. So it kind of de depends on, on how he heals up from that. So, um, but it's not expected to be a long-term thing. So that's good news. They, I think they really need him on, on Saturday, fellas, given how some of the guys behind him played. I don't want to see – Jaden McBurrows is okay. You know, I don't want to see Mikey Sainer still at corner. I like Mikey Sainer still where he is at nickel, and that kind of changes everything if Josh Wallace isn't in there because I don't think some of the other guys – are able to do that. So what he's able to do. So, um, and then I think that you're going to see another guy um, with a, uh, with a club on his hand on Saturday, but he will play on defense. So that'll be, that'll be fantastic to, uh, you know, they've been pretty lucky fellows in terms of health this year. They've been relatively healthy. Yeah. I mean, the most significant things are Kalal Mullings going down for a couple of weeks and Mason Graham missing a couple of weeks playing with the club. Apparently you play better with the club on. So whoever that yeah. is uh, might play. Better advantage. Better. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Dono, maybe um, Dono should put one back on. 
yeah, yeah, think of Michigan's history with guys with the with the club on. That's a good point too with Donovan. Uh, they need Josh Wallace. Like I, we've talked about Josh Wallace, how there've been a couple plays. You know, they haven't really been tested, but a couple plays where he could have gotten burned. One, you know, where he did get burned. The guy drops a pass, Bowling Green. Uh, but he is a significant step up from the other guys they have there. We saw the DJ Waller play. I, I watched it like seven times when I was rewatching the game last night, and I, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, and then Amorian Walker really struggled getting off blocks, tackling on the edge, which is a huge part of being a corner in a game that's going to be this physical. And Josh Wallace has excelled in that area this year. So they need Josh Wallace on Saturday. Um, but still, you know, Penn State has a lot to prove as an offense against a defense this good as well. And when you got Will Johnson, Rod Moore, guys like that, I think you can piece things together in the secondary. Move to, uh, we have to take this one, of course. Our good yeah. buddy Shane Johnson, who's leading leading the charge uh, on every yeah, single yeah. nationally syndicated radio show there is and, and elsewhere. Shane says, thanks for all your coverage, CB. Killing it. 37 years following Michigan and Happy Valley will be my first ever road game think will be toughest game prior to January 8th, which of course is uh that would be earmarked for a trip to Houston, I believe. So Shane, uh, first road game. I mean, that's, that's huge. This is maybe the biggest one in, in a long, long time. Yeah. And Shane, uh, man, you're the best brother. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Uh, gave us a shout out on the rich Eisen show, which was fantastic. And, uh, love rich Eisen by the way. Uh, but you did a great job, man. You could probably be in radio yourself, Shane. So, um, 37 years, man, I'm probably a little bit further along than you in terms of following Michigan football. So it's, uh, but it's been a fun ride. Want to keep it going, man. I want to see them get through this, uh, this whole thing. I'd love to see Jim Harbaugh here for another 10 years and use this as fuel to motivate him to basically destroy his enemies. No doubt. Shane, appreciate you. Uh, love Shane's energy as well as always. Um, and look, if Shane has a sign, let's say, uh, I think he sits pretty close at the big house. If he has a sign, what do you think it ha you know, has something probably to do with Pete Thamel, I would think. Um, <laughs> I, I'm Bring excited it. to see what he comes up with. Bring it, Shane. Zip. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shane, you're awesome. Uh, and for the record, uh, Clayton and I, neither of us on, on this planet nearly as long as 37 years yet. So shout out to us. I get a little closer to that this week, but that's neither here nor there. For uh, $9.99 from our pal Nick, he says, NCAA, Ryan Day's brothers claim it wasn't them after they leaked information <laughs> from their investigation into Michigan. That's a more accurate title, in my opinion. Tell me you're lying without saying you're lying. Yeah. They're, they're the it's, source. That's just kind of funny. Yeah, exactly. Hey, NCAA, I just wanted to call and let you know that it wasn't us. No problem. It's like there's, there's this uh, old movie, Back to School, with Rodney Dangerfield, where uh, – you know, Roddy Dangerfield goes to the dean of students and he says, tell me, are you lying? And Roddy goes, I got a kid. I got to be honest. No, I wasn't. He goes, good enough for me. So there you have it. And <laughs> uh, and that's kind of where we are. So but hey, it's like I said, if, if it comes out that the private investigation firms were not in any way, shape or form linked to Ryan Day's family, um, then, hey, uh, then Michigan's wrong and uh, and they've been barking up the wrong tree. But let's let it play out and see what happens. No doubt all you can really do uh it's not a super chat but one i wanted to star anyways uh sound kayak asks why are the privacy fences up around michigan's practice facilities now this hmm. summer they did put a black kind of it's a windscreen but also like it blocks the view from you used to be able to go to walk across that bridge on stadium and stare directly down uh you know right to into michigan practices and 
you are unable to do that now. And that's a new development from this summer. And it does make you wonder why they felt that was necessary. Yeah. Well, they have that bridge up there where guys were, you know, what with, with camera phones now and everything, it's a game changer, right? Um, spy equipment, uh, Connor Stallion's spy glasses or whatever, <laughs> sunglasses. That we I saw. still can't get over oh, the you... fact that this, this guy is allegedly it wasn't out him. there yeah. looking, looking like uh, he stole something out of my closet and right. walked down to that. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Well, well, they were they were two people on the bridges that were taking video, and they had to go up there and keep shooing people away. Who who were they, and you know what? Uh, who sent them there? Who knows? But there is a reason that there are privacy fences up around Michigan's practice facilities now. Next, it's going to be drones, right? Drones flying ahead above or something like that. And um, so we'll see what happens. A couple things. One, absolutely. And I hearing the story. I remember hearing the story back in the seventies. People in, with red hats on. They didn't apparently didn't disguise themselves well enough with binoculars on stadium the week of the Ohio state game. Kurt Stevenson has told that story mm-hmm. um, as well. So this is one things like this and trying to get an edge. And I don't know who those people were on the bridge, but um, back in the seventies, but th- this has been going on for decades. Um, and really since college football has existed, it's competition at the highest level. And sometimes as we know in the South and what goes on with recruiting, people step out of bounds Um so you kind of have that. And then I also forgot what the second thing is that I was going to say. So that's about all I got. Okay. Well said. I'll go to this one from Cameron Stokes for 499. He says, Kalel Mullings might be the equalizer to getting this run game better. I'd actually agree with that. Mm-hmm. Keep Donovan Edwards as the wide receiver and run Mullings in a Hassan Haskins role. I think there's a lot of benefits to still having Donovan you know, give you that look out of the backfield. You think of some of those plays where – they send him into pre-snap motion and he's kind of already running his route before the ball's even snapped. And that's gotten him, you know, a fair amount of his positive plays this year. So like you keep him there. You don't just make him a slot receiver. I think that makes what he does or and where he does it from a little less dangerous, but uh, Kalel Mullings to me. Yeah. I, we talk about X factors, these last three games, he would be at the top of that list for me. Yeah, I agree. And let him run, um, give him, Maybe some more of Donovan Edwards carries. I hate to say it, but Donovan is not getting the job done. What's he averaging per game now, fellas? It's, it can't be four yards of carry. Is it three, three and a half? It's no, still, it's I think lot. it might be under three. Right. Yeah. Which is unbelievable, frankly. So, uh, and Kalel Mullings, you know, I think he was actually, I think he averaged five yards of carry on his four, four, five carries on Saturday. So, um, you know what? I think I think you're right. Uh, I think right now you you use Donovan Edwards as a weapon in the passing game, but Kalel Mullings I think uh, needs to get some more carries as well. Got to give credit to Mike Hart with how much better Kalel Mullings looks, even from a year ago at this time when he switched over. Really, it was a couple, you know, we're still under a year ago um, that he did so late in the year, going into Ohio State for Michigan. Uh, he looks a lot better. I mean, he looked explosive on that 14 yard run as well. And then Donovan Edwards, I mean, especially when you're going to line up with a linebacker like Purdue did on that, on that play and the linebacker was out there late. Um, you know, he's a, he's a matchup nightmare in the, in the past game, I think. And Sharon Moore, I think has done a pretty good job at exploiting different matchups throughout the year. So I would say down the stretch when it matters, I mean, you got to go with your best groupings and Kalel Mullings is, is probably the second best ball carrier on this team. And Donovan Edwards is one of the best receivers. So that, that feels about right to me. Uh, that's, that's it for questions. Uh, I do. I have one question uh, seeing as I promised it to start the show and now we are quickly running out of time. Michigan basketball gets going tomorrow. And instead of asking for season predictions in case of 
and you know, we don't have we don't really have the time for that. It's time for the season uh, now. But what are, what are the vibes with you guys? How are you feeling about this team heading into tomorrow? And you know what we know about them so far. Uh, I like the way they play. I like how hard they play, and I like the fact that they're together. And I like the fact that I don't have to see any lazy guys out there and bad practice players uh, that don't want to play any defense and are just going through the motions. So that's where I am. And I, uh, I love what I've seen from the leadership uh, and heard about the leadership. Olivier Kamwa is an absolute man. This is an older team is what people are saying. These guys are veterans. They're going to be playing well together. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, what these guys can do. I think they're going to overachieve a little bit. Yeah. Um, tomorrow's going to be tricky. I'm excited to get to Chrysler, but tomorrow is going to be tricky against UNC Asheville. They returned four starters. Drew Pember, their center. Uh, was the conference player of the year, conference defensive player of the year, stretch five, who played with Olivier Kamwa for a couple seasons at Tennessee. Uh, he said he wants to guard him. Phil Martelli said, all right, you can guard him. He said they'll throw other guys at him. But uh, UNC Asheville is a team that made the tournament last year. They're going to vie for that as well. So a couple good early season tests here for Michigan. Um, but I like what I saw on Friday against a terrible Northwood team, even for D2 standards. Went 2-26 and 26 last year. Yikes. But you know, everything we saw, it was, was positive. Although I don't know that there was going to be an alternative to that. So got to learn more, but right now you, you know, you got to feel okay about this Michigan team coming into the season that they are an old team. They, they do seem connected and, you know, they got something to prove. I think my read on this team is this, and, and it's that last year and really kind of the last two years, Felt like a team full of guys that were playing too loose, too lackadaisical and had sort of that immature, happy-go-lucky vibe about them. Whereas this year, what I've seen, we've, we've seen them publicly three times now. It's, I like how they carry themselves. They have a maturity about them. There's a workmanlike, you know, aspect to, I think, the way that they're approaching the game. And just based on what we've seen so far, they're still getting in some productive work and having fun playing basketball. So it really is kind of a flip dynamic. And I don't know that that means they're going to get back to competing for, you know, sweet 16s and final fours, but I'm, I, I am as optimistic about this team right now as I've been the entire off season. Um, and I know it came in that pretty low, but maybe it just is because there's a game tomorrow, but I'm starting to kind of buy that they might be able to sort of figure this thing out. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we're right up against it here. Seven o'clock. Uh, thank you guys for joining us live as you do every week and to the rivals who have just started joining us recently. We appreciate you putting money in our pockets too. Uh, be sure to like, and subscribe uh, to the channel for more live shows, uh, press conferences, recruit, uh, recruiting analysis, everything you could imagine is there. Head on over to the Wolverine.com 50% off your first year uh, this week for the big game sale leading into the game against Penn state. So for Chris Ballas, for Clayton safety, I'm Anthony broom. Thanks to you guys. We will talk to you again next time.